Caleb Williams likely to be the first selection in the NFL draft at the end of April. Out to the KDUS hotline we go uh, for some Caleb Williams talk and some USC 2024 football talk. We're now joined in sports by Ryan Young at Trojan, uh, Trojan Sports. And uh, Ryan, let's start with you know, Williams here. Uh, he obviously uh, had pretty much no flaws during that 2022 Heisman Trophy season. Uh, Williams and his team were not as good in 2023. How would you describe Williams' 2023 season? You know, I, I think statistically it was comparable. He had one clearly bad game at Notre Dame, uh, which kind of was a pivotal moment in their season. It was a very high-profile national spotlight game. Uh, so we can certainly pick apart that, but other than that, I, I thought he looked the same to me. Uh, maybe was feeling some of the pressure of, of carrying the, that, the weight of being that predicted number one pick all season, but I, I thought he was the same guy. What I think happened is, as always happens, when you get to the mountaintop, when, when you're kind of crowned anything, uh, the, the next move is to get picked apart. And when when you're kind of projected as that, I mean, it, it, I don't recall the last time we had like a, a clear-cut number one pick more than a year before the, a draft, just everyone agreeing mm-hmm. this is the guy. And when you have that much time to go carrying that projection, you're just going to get picked apart the whole way, and that's what happened. Yeah, the numbers show that he had fewer opportunities to make plays in the pocket in 2023. Was that because of a more leaky offensive line, or was that because Williams was uh, just trying to make some plays off schedule, so to speak? Uh, a combination of both. It was definitely a worse offensive line. But I, I do think if if you want to critique something, I, I would say he maybe did go to freelancing a little bit more, even more than last year, and um, maybe not always to the, to the strength of the offense. Uh, I think it, it was it was interesting in the bowl game, which he opted out of, and we saw his backup Miller Moss play. It looked more like a Lincoln Riley offense because everything was on schedule and kind of as he designed it, unless. Uh, you know, having this transcendent individual talent making plays outside the pocket. But that's one of his strengths. And most of USC's biggest plays this season were when things did break down, when Caleb did buy an extra five seconds and get out there and uh, receivers kind of broke off their routes and found a way to get open and, and he was in sync with them and big, big plays downfield. So, uh, you know, I, you can critique it, but it's also one of the things he does uh, exceptionally well and one of his elite skills. Also, there's no question that the bad USC defense had Williams and the offense chasing points on the scoreboard more in uh, 2023 than in 2022. How much do you think that played a role in Williams' performance last season? I think he felt a ton of pressure every time he was out there that they had to score that series. Most games, especially the second half of the year, that's the way it went. And, yeah, I mean, ideally – if you have a quarterback that you're saying is a generational talent, you'd like to have a better record than they had, especially down the stretch. But the, the defense went off a cliff. If people were watching this team, I mean, they couldn't stop anybody. And that can't help but creep into your, your mindset as, as a quarterback thinking, I can't mess up or I, I can't even have an off series. We, we got to score every single time. Uh, or we're already down by 14. I got I to gotta press and get us back in there. So there's no question that that, uh, factored into his overall season. But, uh, again, I I still thought that he was the same guy I saw the year before. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, one other quick thing about the offense from last season. The other skill players, wide receivers, running backs, how did they compare in 2023 compared to the Heisman season of 2022? I'd say pretty comparable. Uh, there wasn't a Jordan Addison, just a singular top flight, uh, clear top half of the draft wide receiver. And, and that became noticeable as things went on. There, there were times last year where uh, Addison really just elevated this offense with his ability to win downfield and get open. But Brendan Rice, uh, Jerry Rice's son, had a phenomenal breakout season and uh, was just a much more consistent player than he was before. Was a huge playmaker for them, double-digit touchdowns. Uh, Taj Washington was a great story, kind of an under-the-radar guy his whole career. And just kept getting overlooked each year and kept surprising everyone. He, he had a great season. And then running back, uh, Marshawn Lloyd, I thought, was the best running back they've had since Ronald Jones. He was phenomenal. Um, in fact, the, my biggest criticism of Lincoln Riley this year was uh, not using him enough and kind of abandoning the run in, in the second half of games because he, he was just a game changer whenever he was out there. I think he'll be a, a huge value in this draft. Wherever he goes, I think he'll outperform his, his draft stock. Ryan Young of Trojan Sports, currently in the sports zone. Okay, Ryan, put, we're going to have you put on your NFL you know, scout or GM hat here. Uh, what are Williams' yeah. strengths uh, moving from college to the NFL, in your opinion? Yeah, it's been fun to read the discourse and, and entertaining. I mean, I saw Merrill Hogue come out last week and say he's not a special player, and I'm thinking, what? And Now, just for some perspective and some background here, I'm not a USC alum. I, I didn't grow up a USC fan. I've been in this business for 20 years. I've covered a bunch of teams around the country, so I think I have a pretty unbiased perspective. He is hands down, no debate in my mind, the best player that I've seen in 20 years of doing this. He is he is a generational talent, and why? It's it's a lot of the Mahomesian traits he has, where just his ability to uncork. Uh, lasers from any arm angle from any direction he's running uh is what separates him from most everybody else i some of his best plays to me but just where i just my jaw dropped and i said wow this guy's truly special is running to his right throwing back against his body and just dropping a dime right in the breadbasket of a receiver and that happened numerous times and as I said, most of their biggest plays this season were plays that he created uh, on the run, on the move, kind of freelancing. So that to me is number one. Um, arm strength and accuracy are both are both plus, and obviously his agility in the pocket. Now he made it very clear this year that he did not want to run. It was his preference not to run, uh, but it's, it's certainly there. And if he, he wanted to open that part of his game up now that he's no longer trying to stay healthy for an NFL draft or, or not hurt his draft stock, if he gets to the next level and wants to use his legs more, uh, that's a huge asset. So it, it's it's a, maybe a lazy comparison, but it's, it's the best one to me when you look at what Mahomes does and and how he's just kind of broken the mold in a way. Caleb is very much in that same mold, and, and he's heard that, those comparisons. I recall last year at the Heisman Trophy ceremony, Someone asked him, you know, about being compared to Mahomes and expecting that he would, he would have this, you know, fawning answer like, "Oh my gosh, that's that's amazing." And now he he said, "Well, yeah, I, I see it, but you know, there's nothing that he does that I can't do." That was his answer a year ago. 
about the best quarterback in the NFL. So he's a very confident guy. Uh, I think a lot of the personality stuff that's been picked apart is is unfair and just people looking uh, to create a narrative. I mean, his teammates, uh, they loved him. There were no locker room issues as re- that originated from him in any way. And he just has elite arm talent. He truly does. There's, you know, there's a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL that have next-level arm talent. He is already in that group to me. I have zero doubt that he will establish himself in that kind of top tier in short order. Okay. What might be a couple areas that he needs to improve upon from his USC days to be a successful NFL quarterback? Maybe. Maybe uh, trusting himself in the pocket more, and that'll come based on where he lands and what the offensive line situation is. But I, I, we talked about. I do think he got more off schedule this year um, than maybe he needed to. And I, you know, I, I think. Well, I think a lot of the characterizations about him were unfair. I don't think he always handled the media situation the best. I, I think he got a little sensitive to questions. I thought some of his the way he responded to things brought on uh, some of the critiques that that, that came his way. Um, even though I don't don't think that they truly reflected who he, who he is and and his makeup, but uh, he, improving his poise overall, being in the spotlight, and improving his just trust and staying in the pocket and, and making plays that way, and not relying so much on his freelance abilities. Because at the next level, that's going to be harder to do. You, you can't. You can't expect to be on the move out of the pocket every play, making plays downfield. Yeah, for months there's been stuff out there about him maybe not wanting to play in a certain place. I know he's in the last 24 hours he's actually addressed that and denied that he would not want to play in Chicago. What have you made of all this stuff over the last really several months now? Yeah, I've you know I now I don't I don't know truly. Uh, what he said or hasn't said, but it always seemed like kind of bunk to me. I think it all resonated from before the season, his father gave an interview to, I think it was Hugh, where they floated the idea that, well, maybe he'll come back to school for his senior season if he doesn't like how the draft order's shaping up. And and that question kind of followed him through the whole season. He would get asked about it by road media after road games. And, uh, and I think people – really extrapolated from that comment that, that he was going to be trying to dictate the process more than most prospects. And, and I think there was a posturing move by his father. who has been very uh, in, involved in kind of shaping his whole career, but I don't think that there was ever a hard line. We're not going to play for this team or we're demanding this or that. Um, I think it was just a posturing move to give them maybe a little leverage or flexibility at, at that time. But I, I think that was more beyond Caleb than, coming from the horse's mouth. Talking with Ryan Young from Trojan Sports. Okay, on to 2024 USC football. Uh, It's going to seem odd uh, watching USC not play ASU in the Pac-12 the next, uh, you know, God knows how long, maybe forever, (laughs) and uh, obviously playing in the Big Ten. Let's go back a couple years. What was your immediate reaction when it was announced that USC was going to join the Big Ten in 2024? It was a couple seconds of being just totally stunned because there had not been any any kind of leaks or buzz 
uh, leading up to it. But then the minute it sank in, it also made total sense. I mean, for years, for decades maybe, USC has felt underappreciated in the Pac-12. Um, that felt that they delivered more for the conference than they got in return in terms of revenue sharing and, and uh, all that stuff and wanted to secure a place at the table in, in this new landscape of college football moving forward and kind of had, had the foresight to realize where this thing is going and that it's eventually maybe going to boil down to uh, two or three conferences and it's not looking like this is going to be one of them. Let's make sure we have a spot in one of these power leagues moving forward. So I, I'm a traditionalist. I kind of hated to see it happen, and I was definitely stunned when it, when it did. But, the, you know, you think about it for uh, a few minutes immediately, and, and it made total sense for them. You know, the Pac-12 has been known as a passing conference for years, even though USC back in the day, certainly, uh, you know, student body right, student body left, etc. cetera. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how USC throws the ball in a, you know, colder, quote, bad weather conference. Is Lincoln Riley altering his, you know, pass-first offensive approach here at all? Or, you know, you got the, because of the geographic, uh, you know, change in the conference or you know, any change in the scheme at all? No, I, I wouldn't expect anything in that regard. And I think it's been overblown a little bit. I mean, when you look at their schedule next year, their only cold weather trips are early in the season with uh, with Michigan and Minnesota That's in September and then October 5th. So they're not playing in Iowa in mid-November, at least this year. Um, I'm sure they'll have some of those games over the years, but it's not like it's going to be half the schedule is, is being played on the frozen tundra. So I think there's been a little bit overblowing that aspect of things. Uh, they're going to do what they do. I think they are – adjusting defensively. I think they realize that they have to make some major changes, not only in terms of uh, personnel, but in terms of how they look, look at building a defense. I think last year was a really humbling, eye-opening uh, process for Riley. Uh, he's been kind of candid about that, and they have totally overhauled that defensive staff. They've uh, placed a major emphasis on bulking up on the defensive line, on the edges. So I think that's where the adjustment has to come. But he's, he's going to be what he's been his whole career. Um, I, he'll always tell you – he'll tout the success of his run games over the years and, and that they want to be a balanced offense. But we've seen it in the last two years. They, they've had a very capable rushing attack, and they've gone away from it more times than not to lean on the pass. So I would expect that they will remain that way. Now, the wrinkle being, they don't have Caleb Williams next year. Um so that may be the equalizer in some way, but I don't think that Riley's own mindset changes because of the conference shift. You mentioned the defensive changes, obviously moving on from Alex Grinch towards the end of last season. Uh, how much improvement do you expect out of the defense in 2024? It can't help but improve. Uh, how much? It's hard to say. I, I still don't think they have the talent across the board yet. There's, Major questions at every spot. They tried to plug some holes again with transfers this offseason. And I thought it was very telling that one of Riley's main talking points in the last couple of months has been that he wants to get away from relying on the transfer portal and really develop a, de a defense, especially through stacking multiple recruiting classes and developing that talent. He has emphasized and emphasized and emphasized we want to be the best developers of talent. And that's what he looked for in building his new staff. He, He's referenced Michigan a few times and then the way 
that they kind of uh, went through their lull and then built things back up to obviously get to the get to the peak this past season. But talent-wise, they don't have the the personnel right away to be a top light defense. Now, what's interesting is that the coordinator they hired, Danton Lynn, comes from UCLA. He turned UCLA right. from the number 80 defense to a top 10 unit last season, and and they had some. Uh, a few elite individual players, but they, across the board, I wouldn't say that they had uh, elite talent, and he did a lot with that. Small sample size, that's his only year as a coordinator, so how much, how much can you really extrapolate and project from that? Hard to say, but I have to believe that they are uh, significantly better just in terms of being more organized, uh, less breakdowns, more fundamentally sound, that stuff. Uh, to get to the true top level, they're going to have to have a few more recruiting classes that they really hit on a lot of guys. Okay, the schedule in 2024, if I have this right, includes a game in Las Vegas against LSU and a September road yep. game against Michigan. Later on, there's a home game against Penn State, road game at Washington, and then, of course, the uh, you know the annual battle against UCLA, and then the regular season ends against Notre Dame. What stands out to you about the schedule in 2024? Daunting. Um I haven't looked at uh, the, the slate across the country, but I have to imagine it's one of the tougher schedules because in addition to the teams you mentioned, you have Wisconsin that can always be tough. You have a Nebraska team that's improving. Um, there's not many easy outs there. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely the toughest schedule that Riley will have faced in his three seasons. And I, I think it's uh, – it's going to make it tough for them to to have a, I think a, a true banner season next year. I think there's going to be some lumps along the way, and it's going to be a transition year. And a lot of the talk will be about you know this is this is year one of of building this defense back up, and it's going to be a process. I think that'll be a lot of the narrative along the way. But hey, it's college football. I guess anything can happen. Last up, you mentioned you've you know, been around a little bit in your career. Is there a Big Ten venue that you haven't been to that you're looking forward to going to? Yeah, there's actually a lot. I've pretty well traveled through the the old ACC and the SEC, and obviously all the Pac-12. Uh, have not been to a ton of the Big Ten places, and one of the ones top of my list uh, was the Big House in in Arbor, and USC will be there September 21st. So that's that holds a ton of appeal. Um, Penn State, which they'll get on the road, uh, not not this season, but in the future. Um, obviously, Ohio State. Wisconsin. I mean, a bunch of them, but Michigan was tops for me. I'm excited for that to come in season one. Okay. Word of advice about going to Penn State. You're going to probably ask at some point, are we ever going to get there? It's a pain in the ass getting there. Oh, so there you go. Just uh, <laughs> for experience for many years ago. Okay, Ryan, great stuff. I really appreciate it. This has been tremendous. I'm sure we'll be checking back throughout uh, 2024. Would love to. Thanks. Thank you very much, Ryan Young of Trojan Sports.